This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your smartphone, tablet, or desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Also, help us keep Star Trek discussion coming to you each day by becoming a Trek FM patron through Patreon. Get access to exclusive content and become part of the team. You'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated Enterprise show. I'm your host, Floyd Dorsey, and I'm sitting in the sweet spot with my co-host, Jeffrey Harlan, a.k.a. Mr. Ataz. Hey, Jeff, I'm getting a little dizzy sitting on the ceiling. Does this ever go away? Eventually, you get used to it. Uh, I'm still getting over that uh, Lavoidian flu, so you know you want to avoid the Lavoidian flu. Yeah, I saw you were in the... Uh, Dr. Flox was trying to take care of you, so... I, yeah, Flox and McCoy both tag-teaming it in both centuries. Nice, nice, man. You're in great hands, then. And I see our guest has made it to the hatch. Hey, Mike, just just push off. Just push off. There, You've got it. All right. So floating up to the ceiling here is our guest, Mr. Metatrek himself, Mike Morrison. Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, man, you've already got the hang of this. The zero G thing. I'm over here, all kind of dizzy and stuff. You guys are like pros. Yeah, over on Metatrex, the uh, Starship Theseus, Zachary and I try to keep the grav plating at a at about point uh, eight. Uh, we think it puts a little extra spring in our step. That's a good idea, man. I that that's an awesome idea. That, that would be oh, it'd be so much fun to play basketball like that. Just go ahead and drop that thing down to about 0.5 and let's go slam dunk. Oh yeah. So for this episode of Warp 5 Boomers, we're going to do something a little different. In fact, I think this is the first time this type of episode has ever been done on Warp 5. We're going to do a favorites list. And I am so excited because this we hear this on To The Journey and other episodes, and I can't wait to get this going. Jeff and Mike and I are going to list our top three favorite episodes of season one. And remember, these episodes are not necessarily the best or the most popular, but they could be. Right, gentlemen? Exactly. Yeah. All right. And we're going to name the three episodes we like the most for whatever reason. There might be some overlapping episodes, but I don't know. I, Considering the three of us and how we analyze things, we may have uh, overanalyzed it. I don't know. I've been, th- I've been worried a little bit about it. This could be the shortest Warp 5 in history when we name three episodes and all three of them are on our list and boom, show's over. This could be the fastest Warp 5 ever. So don't blink Warp listeners. 5.5. Right, exactly. <laughs> But just in case, we've got some backups. We've got some honorable mentions. 
So it won't be that short. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe our own mentions are the same. Also, all of you out there in Trek FM land, let us know what your favorite episodes of season one are. You can comment on the show announcement and whatever group you happen to see it. We would love to read your comments on the upcoming show. And hey, if you're a listener, go ahead and come over to the Babel Conference, the Trek FM private listeners group, and just ask to join in. We'll let you on in and you can jump right in with the discussion with all the other Trek FM listeners. All right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and get started with our first episode in not any particular order, I assume they're all favorites. So Mike, what is your first favorite episode? Oh, you're going to put me on a spot. Well, I'm going to go for an obvious one. Um, and, and let me say that this was tough, uh, Floyd, when you said, Mike, give us your, give us your top three episodes. It was really difficult. I think next to the original series, Enterprise has one of the strongest first seasons, uh, in my opinion. And so it was really difficult to come up with uh, just three. And I've got, you know, I've got three favorite episodes. I have three honorable mentions. And I'm going to go for the very first episode. And and if you'll allow me, uh, the two parts is a single episode, Broken Bow. I've often said that this is uh, really by far my, my favorite pilot episode of the five live action series. I think this particular episode uh, initially caused some friction with a lot of fans because of, you know, discrepancies, various discrepancies regarding first contact with the Klingons. I thought it was really well written. I think they did a fantastic job setting up the rest of the series. Scott Bakula gives a solid performance, probably one of the best first episode performances of any of the captains. He convincingly portrays Archer as, you know, a right stuff kind of captain. I really appreciate how Berman and Braga brought flocks into Paul and the other characters into the story, thrusting them into the history books uh, as, as this first enterprise crew. I also think we should give props to the creation of the Sulaban, which are really among my favorite uh, antagonist species in the Star Trek universe. And Hey, Tom Lister as Clang. I mean, that could not have been better cast. Tom Tiny Lister was meant to play a Klingon, and he wasn't He wasn't this caricature uh, kind of Klingon either. He was a real intimidating, kick-butt kind of Klingon. I mentioned that Broken Bow sets up the series, but honestly, I think it does a really great job setting up the entire franchise, since this, after all, uh, guys, is a prequel. And one final point I want to say, I love the NX-01. I don't think Doug Drexler gets enough credit for the genius that went into its design. And Broken Bow really does a heck of a job establishing the ship as a character right here from day one. All right. Thank you, Mike. Mike drops the mic on <laughs> episode one here. All right. Broken Bow. I actually have Broken Bow as an honorable mention. So I really like Broken Bow. Jeff, did you have Broken Bow on your list? or? Uh, yeah, it's in the same spot. It's uh, the, the first one that I was going to mention, too. And for many of the same reasons. Uh, I also, a lot of people give uh, a lot of hate to the Temporal Cold War arc, but I really enjoyed it. It was a really good concept, and it was a nice way to make the show both a sequel and a prequel at the same time. And it set up a lot of interesting stories that paid out later, especially season two had some really good temporal cold war stories. I, I really enjoyed some of the season two tie-ins to that. Very good. Very good. Broken bow, two votes right there. All right. Well, uh, for my episode, my first episode, I actually have strange new world 
And for that one, boy, that just takes me back to being a kid right there. I used to watch original series over at my grandparents' house. They lived out in the country, right at the foot of a mountain and woods all around them. And I would go out, Star Trek would come on on Friday nights at 1030. And I usually wasn't, I couldn't stay up late enough to even watch it because I'd fall asleep. I was just a little kid. And I'd get up the next day and I remember pretending like I was with Kirk, Spock and McCoy and hopefully not wearing a red shirt you know, running around the woods around my great, <laughs> my grandparents' house. Uh, sometimes I would pretend to be a red shirt and I was trying to protect, you know, hold them off while they beamed away or something. But man, watching that, it just, it just makes me think of how, like the perfect scenario for finding an M-class planet would be what they did right there. I mean, they, they saw it, they landed on it, they're walking around, they've got mountains, they've got streams. Uh, Porthos gets to go where no dog has gone before. <laughs> You know, Porthos is a big, uh, he's a big favorite in my family and right up even the, the camping story that, uh, Travis gives is just awesome. It's just awesome. And then we have Cutler there. I just, I really like that episode. It, man, it takes me back to when I was a kid pretending that I was playing Star Trek. Basically the second half of that show actually gets into the cave and the other parts of the episode, uh, we get into, you know, the distrust of, to Paul with the crew. She still hasn't built rapport with the crew yet, but really for me to be a favorite, I man, I can drop this in and watch that first, the first part, especially when they're exploring the, just the meadow there and the camping part. So awesome. And what's an alien planet without some hallucinogenic pollen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they, I don't know. Like we've talked about this before, like when they were on the Klingon ship and they took off their helmets, just, just because they can breathe it doesn't mean they should be breathing it. You know, and just because it looks like you can breathe it, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't be. I don't know. Well, they went into that on the original series, too. You know, they right, had, yeah, right. Alien plants that would shoot you with spikes and all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> right. They also had the really cool shower curtain you mm-hmm. know, suits that you could always scratch your nose under, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, there's episode one. All right. In the can. Let's go to episode two, Mike. What do you have for episode two? For episode two, I chose Dear Doctor. I have Dear Doctor on my list in number two spot. Okay. What do you think about that? Well, I have to say that I think this is one of the best written Enterprise episodes for a lot of reasons. First of all, it has a really strong morality play. We're dealing with ethics. We're dealing with differing philosophies. Uh, You know, Phlox is asked to save uh, the Volokians and I'll give a hand wave to uh, a few assumptions that I think they make in this episode because the story is otherwise really strong. One of the things I appreciate about the episode, this is really the first time I think we see a mention of uh, the Prime Directive, really, that at this point uh, doesn't even exist. But, you know, this was kind of setting up uh, at least the, the, the philosophical thought of needing uh, that type of uh, general order uh, in order to govern how these types of situations are handled. And I, I think this is, and I think I've said this on uh, Warp 5 here before, the, the relationship that exists between Archer and Flocks, this is really essential for that uh, relationship. It, uh, it, it really sets them up for trust that I think really pays off, especially in Season 3 when we get to the Zindi arc. Very good. Yeah. For me, it's, it's very much the same thing. You've got the moral dilemma. You've got the should we or shouldn't we? You've got the 
Cream and Cutler and Flock's relationship that might be going or, you know, she doesn't know and he doesn't know. And I, I don't know. I, I really like that episode. I can drop any of these episodes in at any point and watch them. Just sit down and just watch the whole thing. The Prime Directive I think it it may even get a mention as a directive, but I mean, it kind of, there's episodes before this that kind of got us going on it, but this was the first time they actually mentioned it as a name that they're going to have to have a rule for interference or non-interference. Yeah. Dear doctor, it is always in a top five list. Like anywhere you go on the internet and you look for top five enterprise episodes, it seems like dear doctor is always one of the, the mainstays for the whole series. So Jeff was, Dear Doctor on your list anywhere? Or? It was really hard trying to narrow it down. I actually ended up leaving it off on my list this time. Okay, okay. All right, very good, very good. So, Jeff, what did you have for your number two episode? For my number two pick, I put the Andorian incident. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. Um, the Andorians have always been one of my favorite races from the original series, and we finally get to see them done just amazingly well. And we got Shran, who is probably one of the standout characters of the entire series, to the point where they were ready to bring him on as a regular cast member for season five if they had done one. I mean, he's just a phenomenal character, and they did a really good job with the backstory for the species and you know their sense of honor and duty and loyalty, and contrasted that with how they were portraying the Vulcans at that time and how the Vulcans weren't quite up to the standards that they would be up to a hundred years later. And it was just really well done. And I just loved the episode. I oh, mean, I'm so glad you picked this because it, it was so hard just to pick three and Oh man, I wanted to pick the Shran and you've actually got a couple of Shran episodes available in this season. And I, mm-hmm. Oh, I was so hoping that someone else would pick the Shran episode. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, let's Am go I ahead. The only one that picked it. Yes, it was actually one of my, it was actually one of my honorable mentions. Uh, uh, and and like you, Jeff, I really have an affinity for uh, the Andorians. Yeah, and and Shran in particular. And this was such a strong episode uh, introducing an Andorian that that wasn't uh, you know a cardboard cutout kind of caricature that we got in the original series. And it's a shame because we didn't see the Andorians really in any other of the uh, live action series. But it, to some degree, I'm not sorry because it really, I, I think the technology, you know, first of all, you oh, know, yeah. being able to animate those antenna and, and really fleshing the species out. I, I think, I think it came at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I also really enjoyed uh, seeing the Vulcans, uh, kind of in a different light. Uh, yeah. the, the sets uh, there for Pajem, I think, were were really great. It's it's aesthetically a, a good episode. This all the way around. This was a good one. I I threw it on my honorable mention list. Nice. Yeah, and the the Andorians. They tried to bring them back a couple of times in the movies. They looked all right, but they didn't quite look right. They actually in the motion picture in Star Trek Four, you could see they moved the antenna to where they are on the Andorians in Enterprise and the antenna looked a little better, but they still weren't quite where they, uh, where they were uh, looking as good as they did on Enterprise. Yeah. And they had, and Andorians showed up twice on next generation, just like blinking, you'll miss it. And they looked horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not only it, it, we had to wait for the technology to catch up and look so great, but we also Jeffrey Combs, Man, mm-hmm. he Jeffrey Combs made that species just awesome. 
Just awesome. Yep. I love, I love me some Shran. That's for sure. So we can go ahead and go to our third episode of our top three. Mike, what did, what did you have for your third episode? This one might throw you for a loop, but, uh, I went with fallen hero. Oh, nice. Seven words. Fionnula Flanagan as the Vulcan ambassador Valar. I mean, holy cow. You know, my one regret is that we never got to revisit her character. I I think this episode is just fantastic. And the reason it's fantastic is because of of her portrayal of Valar. I think Valar is, is such a faceted character. By far, one of my favorite sort of one-pop characters in the entire Star Trek universe. It, it was just uh, phenomenal the way she portrayed her. I, I, I appreciated the impact, the, the mark uh, that she left on Paul. And frankly, guys, I think this episode is essential to really understanding the character of T'Pol. I'm not saying if you if you skip over this episode or throw it out that you're not going to understand T'Pol in any way, but to really understand the the shades uh, that make up uh, T'Pol's character, I think you've got to go back and watch this episode because Valar leaves an indelible mark on T'Pol that to really understand what happens in her evolution over the next four seasons this this episode will really answer it she she completely makes this episode for me wow so mike makes the case for fallen hero is essential enterprise essential enterprise essential enterprise all right well we'll be getting to that maybe later in uh, 2017 so jeff what did you have for your third episode i picked detained one of the big things with star trek is it's always been really heavy on uh current events and social commentary in a sci-fi setting and you can't be more current events for the time that the show was made than detained because this is literally months after the september 11th attacks rising islamophobia around the united states and this is right at the beginning when they were starting to talk about rounding up muslim terrorist captives and putting them into uh, prison camps and then you've got an episode of enterprise where you've got the Suleban being rounded up and put into these detention camps. Mm-hmm. And it crosses both the detention camps of uh, World War II with the Japanese internment. And then you've got that mixed with the current events of 2001, 2002. And it just made for a really compelling story. And it also showed that there is more to the Suleban than just the cabal and it yeah. forced the characters to uh, to come to terms with that. Oh, I've got to say, gentlemen, thank you so much because you have absolutely surprised me. Uh, Boomers, we did not share our lists ahead of time. And I actually predicted before we got started that there were going to be specific episodes that I had on my list that I thought I was going to share with them. But my predictions are totally out here. If I'd had money on this, I'd have lost my money. That That's great. That is so great. Like I, I was afraid, I've been so afraid this whole time that we're going to name three episodes and they're all going to be the same three and boom, it was going to be over. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. So for my third episode, I have to say this would not have been one of my top three that I would have picked in earlier rewatches. But in this last rewatch, this episode actually has spoke to me. I chose Acquisition. 
the Ferengi oh, wow. episode. Can you believe it? <laughs> Dude, I I used to I used to just could not stand the Ferengi. Like I skipped the Ferengi when I watched DS9. And now I watched this episode and I watched it again because it was so funny. And just of course you have all the nice cameos and everything like that. But yeah, I don't know. I just I picked acquisition. I, I may be the only person on the planet. There may be people right now screaming at their radios, like, how could he pick that? Oh my gosh. But it's so funny. It is so funny to me. You got Clint Howard. You've you you gotta love it when Clint Howard can make a cameo, right? Does that surprise you, Mike? I thought that, Mike, I thought acquisition was gonna be on your list. Well, you know, if if we were if we were going specifically with uh, you know, favorite Frankie episodes. That that one's definitely on the top of my list. But like I said before, uh, Floyd, there are so many strong episodes in this first season of Enterprise. It, it was really hard to choose from. I mean, honest to goodness, uh, hard to choose from. Uh, I I could to- totally agree. Like this was difficult. I was I was actually sitting. Uh, I was leaned up on my bed. And my son comes walking in and he leans up on the bed with me and we're looking at memory alpha and I'm trying to make my list and I was marking shows off and my oldest son was kind of like, we were talking it out. He was kind of helping me and he was asking me like, well, where's doctor's orders? Cause that's one of his favorites <laughs> because that's the one that shows Porthos so much. And I was like, yeah. well, that's season three. He was like, well, make sure that's on the list in season three. <laughs> but for, Yeah. This, it was very difficult to get this down. Like if you said top 10 episodes, okay. If you say top five, but man, top three, this is tough. This is really tough. For sure. So for honorable mentions, I only have a couple that haven't actually been mentioned yet, but I'm interested to see like, what are some, just a couple of maybe that just didn't quite make the top three, but they're there for you. So Mike, what do you have for your honorable mentions? Well, I already mentioned the Andorian incident that was on uh, Jeff's list. Okay. Another one of my honorable mentions, uh, Fortunate Son. I, I love this episode because we really get to, for the first time, truly, uh, get to explore the space boomers. I don't think they got enough love in this series. And this particular episode is really one of only a couple uh, glimpses that we get into that life. I I think it was a a very well-written episode. If you really break it down, you look at the dialogue, there are some really strong lines. Uh, In particular, uh, there's a a scene that occurs between uh, Captain Keene of Fortunate and uh, Jonathan Archer. And they're talking about, uh, you know, Captain Keene's family uh, serving on the fortunate for three generations. And, you know, he's talking about how things are changing out here in space. And, you know, geez, I'm going to have to get a, you know, a warp three engine just to stay in business. And, you know, Archer's kind of giving him that pat on the back. He says, yeah, that's not so bad. He says, it warp three helps a lot closer than before. You won't have to go it alone. And then Captain Keene says to Archer, going it alone is all we've ever done. For some of us, it's the reason we're out here, a chance to prove ourselves. That is such a strong piece of dialogue, guys. And and honestly, I think it captures to some degree the heart of uh, Star Trek. So I had to put Fortunate Son on my list. If for no other reason, we, we, get, to, uh, we get a glimpse into uh, the boomers that at least in the Star Trek universe are the uh, are are the the proto Starfleet out there in the uh, galaxy, you know, moving freight. I have fortunate son on my honorable mention list also. 
for yeah. all the well, same all the same reasons you just said. Okay, I was going to say, you know, what was your reasoning? What set it apart? Well, I, it it was just getting to see what other than Starfleet is going on in this universe. You know, yeah. like we saw a little bit of that in original uh, animated series with mm-hmm. the with the the freighters, but they were automated. So before they're automated ones, we had to have somebody driving them, I guess, you know, the space truckers. And I, it's just, I mean, it's, that's what boomers are that they were, they, they were called boomers. And I've actually heard back. It was a previous warp five way back in the catalog, way back there that, uh, there was a guess that they didn't know what boomers meant. And boomers actually, it's not just a made up space term or for star Trek. It's actually from Oklahoma history. Um, mm-hmm. I'm originally from Oklahoma and the boomers were the uh, settlers that actually went into uh, what they considered Indian territory way ahead of when the government actually opened up the land. So they were there, it was, they were there illegally, but they were there like way ahead. So looking at this, these are boomers, these are space boomers. They're out there way ahead before Starfleet has even made it that far. The Federation yeah. or anything's made it that far. They're already being pioneers out there ahead. So Yeah. The Fortunate Son, man, it's it's got some great character. You get to see uh, Mayweather make his case, and things aren't always what they seem. You know, they look like they were in trouble, but they were actually had some stuff going on the side because they were used to having their own frontier justice. So, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I, I have to say, I, I really think they could have taken Fortunate Son and spun off a whole other series, uh, just let's let's get to know that ship and crew and let's see what it's really like in the uh, day in the life of the boomers and let's look at the universe as it changes around them and how they have to adapt and and change and uh you know the perils and and difficulties the 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 w- ways in which they prove themselves out there in the in the galaxy i i think it's it's a missed opportunity uh, again i think that could have spun off and really become its its own series i it's just that strong an episode for me you know you could make a, a really good series out of that um, i mean you've got stuff like cassidy yates from deep space 9 and her yes. crew running freight you've got Shows like Firefly, where they're doing odd jobs, whatever it takes to mm-hmm. keep food on the table. And you could do that. And then, like, every now and then, maybe Starfleet pops up and tries to basically just, in their opinion, they feel like they're being pushed around by the big guys with all the cool toys. And there's some conflict there that you could have. And it'd be really interesting. Yeah, I got to tell you that you mentioned Firefly, which is another one of my my favorites. Uh, kind of in my head canon, I'm pretty sure um, you know Mal's out there in the Star Trek universe somewhere. Is so, sometime or another, you know, a warp seven vessel goes flying by him. <laughs> nice. Just just saying. Right. So Jeff, what were your honorable mentions? My honorable mentions, uh, I. They have a common theme. I, I picked them because I really like the time travel story. Like I mentioned with Broken Bow, I like the the, uh, the temporal Cold War. So my honorable mentions were Cold Front and Shockwave because it really got into that a little mm-hmm. bit more. And I, I just really enjoyed seeing that and the possibilities that opened up, even if they weren't handled as well as they could have been and the story wasn't as fleshed out as well as it could have been. Because even the writers did no clue who Future Guy was or what his motivations were, and it showed. But I think if that had been uh, addressed a little better in the series Bible, 
maybe, you know, the temporal Cold War could have actually been the breakout success of the series instead of the part that a lot of people try to ignore. Agreed. Agreed. I agree. Very good. Uh, Mike, did you, did you have another one on your honorable mentions list? I, I did. I had one other okay. and it is uh, to all the girls I've loved before. Shuttle pod one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I, I won't go into the reasons why, but uh, I will say it, it's a comedic episode. I I said uh, recently, uh, I, I believe it was the last time you guys invited me here on, on board DNX01, uh, that I think this would make an outstanding uh, two-man stage show that I would totally uh, pay to see. Absolutely. And Jeff, what else did you have on your honorable mentions? Well, um, like I said, I just had two cold front and shockwave. Okay. I gotcha. Also going further into that with shockwave, it showed just how vital Archer was to the timeline. Cause at the end of the, the first part, you have the cliffhanger ending where this 30th or 31st, I don't recall off the top of my head, the, the century they went to, Everything's just a devastated wasteland. There's no record of the Federation, and it's all because Archer got pulled out of the timeline. And that just speaks volumes about how important this one guy was. And they get into it a little bit later in the series, but they really played it up here. I, I thought that was really interesting that uh, um, they would they would go that route rather than saying, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more about the crew and they, you know, as working as a team, but no, it's, it's really, it's Archer because he brought the crew together and he's the one that ultimately brings all these other warring species or uh, species in conflict to actually get to work together, especially in season four. Cause uh, you've got him bringing the Andorians and the Tellarites and the Vulcans, all of whom hate each other to work together Mm -hmm. and, team up against the Romulans. Very good. Very good. Well, for my honorable mention, I had, I already mentioned broken bow. We've already mentioned fortunate son. The only other one that I had on my honorable mention was Vox Sola. And I like that one just because of the alien alien. And we saw Reed get to do some tech and bring out the force field for the first time. We got to see Hoshi. Mm. We got to see to Paul working together. I just thought it was great. It was just great for modern Trek they're doing an alien alien. And then that's just, I just challenge the Trek 2017, man, bring us some alien aliens like we saw there. So just to recap very quickly, let's just go back really quick and name our three episodes that we had for our top three. So Mike, what were your top three? One more time. Top three are broken bow. Uh, let's do two parts as a single episode. Uh, Dear Doctor, Fallen Hero, My Honorable Mentions, The Andorian Incident, Fortunate Son, Shuttlepod One. And I'll throw in there also Oasis and Desert Crossing are also two others that uh, I I would have liked to have included on my list, but uh, just, you know, three and three and that that was it. Right. The rules were very strict on this because it's very, it's that's just makes that, that made this a difficult but I, class. I slipped them in anyway. Right, right. You did. And Jeff, what, go ahead and recap your list that you have. Um, my top three, I had Broken Bow, The Andorian Incident, and Detained. And then for honorable mention, I had Cold Front and Shockwave. Very good. And for my list, I had Strange New World, Dear Doctor, Acquisition, 
And for my honorable mentions, I had Vox Sola, Broken Bow, and Fortunate Son. So I think, boy, right here, I think this pretty much covered just about every Enterprise fan, I would I would think. But just in case, listeners, please let us know what your list is for your top three favorite season one episodes. Uh, list those in our show announcements. I'd love to hear why those are maybe if you, if you just have like your very your top favorite episode, uh, just go ahead and see, see if you can try to see if you can just find just three episodes. Can you just pick three episodes that are your favorites? Now, it was difficult for me, that's for sure. And it's been a lot of fun talking about our favorite episodes of Enterprise Season 1, but this isn't the only talk we've been talking about here on Trek FM this week. So here's a quick look at some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. You've heard Chief Trip sign on. Uh... I'm serious, Ken. Actually, out of the chair, please. Okay, okay. God. <laughs> I guess the Commodore has the con <laughs> to the journey. All right, next one is from Damien Haywood. And uh, Damien, come on. Which Voyager crew member would you <laughs> hate to be stuck in the Delta Flyer with? He's always so negative. I called him on this the other day. I said, Damien, why always with the negativity? He said, at least I'm consistent. The 602 Club. We start getting hints of Thor, we start getting hints of Cap, we start getting hints of the entire Avengers crew, and we get Black Widow. So, I mean, Iron Man 2, considering how maybe that's not my favorite movie of the MCU, really does set up a lot of what is to come. Literary Treks. You know, visually, to me, this is one of my favorite eras of Star Trek. You know, those monster maroon coats they're wearing, and they're just absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, I've... A lot of people talked about wanting to get a Captain Sulu Star Trek series, and one of the big reasons for me that that would be so great is to see this era played out visually on a regular basis. Women at Warp. Her, her voice as a computer voice has become so iconic that when Google started developing what is now known as Google Now, that, that personal assistant you can speak to, um, they had initially codenamed it Google Majel. That's so cool. Isn't that awesome? Meta Trex. And I kind of had the jingle in my head, you can be a winner at the game yes. of life. And I was trying to think of the Star Trek version of that. You know, you, you, you can be a winner of the poker game of life on the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> on the it Inter- didn't really roll off the tongue. So. It was great until you added on the Enterprise. <laughs> Melodic Treks. The reason why I think Brian Reitzel would be a more plausible choice is because he has worked with Fuller in the past. They worked together on Hannibal. He scored that series, all 39 episodes. The neat thing about Brian Reitzel's music is it's more of a sound design than it is a score. Saturday Morning Trek. One of the characters is sizably larger than the than the other. So he's just I don't, closer to the camera, Aaron, obviously. But he's actually behind the other person. <laughs> he's a giant. <laughs> Wait, then he doesn't need a laser cutter. He can just lift the hatch up with it. <laughs> Go down together. Okay. Arr. Continuing mission. Yeah, and of course, another great thing is when it's it's all finished and you look at it and go, yeah, we made that together. Yeah, that's that's one of the greatest moments. And people respond to it and say, oh, that's that's pretty well made. The effects are great. The actors are are great, uh, even though they're Dutch trying to speak English, right? <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and find out what we've been talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. 
And you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Windows Phone. And of course, you can always stream or download the MP3 file from our website at TrekFM, and you can grab the RSS link as well. And if you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. That makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search iTunes, and it helps us to increase our visibility for new listeners. Absolutely. And boomers and Warp 5 fans, please help us grow the show. We've we've switched crews and we're trying to get this thing going, and we've we've got it going pretty good, but we wanna we wanna get the speed up. Let's get let's go ahead and get the speed going. So please subscribe to our show, like and share our show announcements. Let's get the word out. Help us get the word out. This will help Enterprise fans help us. Also, if you feel moved to do so, please leave us an iTunes review. We would love for you, our listeners, to give us feedback on how you think we're doing. And if you leave us a review, let us know by dropping me or Jeff a message, and we'd love to read your review on an upcoming show. Particularly if you post your review in an iTunes store other than the U.S. stores, um, because with that, I have we have to actually go and look into those particular stores. So it, even if you leave a review in the iTunes store, just shoot us a message. That way we'll also know who you actually are, and we won't just know who your iTunes login is. Gentlemen, looking back at the Warp 5 reviews that I've seen on the U.S. iTunes store, it's been a while since anyone has left us a review. Uh, actually, Davis Grayson was the last person to leave us a review. So thank you so much, Davis. So I'd really like to get this kick charged, like get kicked to start this thing in the right direction. So I am proposing that we do a big overarching review contest. So I actually announced on Warp 5 number 82 that I was going to give away a huge prize in 2016. And so I want to go ahead and just name this. What I would like to see is if we could get at least 20 new iTunes reviews. And what I'm going to do is we're going to we're going to start counting from January 1 all the way up. So if you've put in a review since January 1st, you're automatically entered in the contest. If we can get at least 20 new iTunes reviews, that's going to activate the grand prize. And the grand prize is an Enterprise Full Journey Blu-ray set. But I'd, I really, really wanted to get at least 20 reviews just to get that going. And then what we we'll, may do is we may split the contest up as a, along the way and we may give away some Redbubble uh, Trek FM t-shirts just as smaller pieces. But we'll see. Like I'm thinking for the whole year 2016, starting with January 1st, I want to give away a Blu-ray set. So what do you guys think about that? I'll enter. <laughs> that's incre- that's that's incredible. So my my I got one from Mike. All right, very good. I'm a host. I don't think I can. Yeah. Enter. Well, <laughs> uh, I already have the series on Blu-ray. So very I'm good. good, very good. But yeah, man, I would love for uh, I'd love for a listener, a lucky reviewer, and Warp Five fan to win a full journey Blu-ray set. That would be awesome. So another way that you could help our show and the network is to help us on patreon.com slash trekfm. You can actually go in, you can donate at whatever level you want. You can just, you can see a dollar a month, any little bit helps, but at $5 a month, it actually activates the patron zone for you. So Jeff, let our listeners know a little bit about the patron zone. Yeah. Like you were saying, if uh, you donate at least $5 a month on Patreon, then you get access to the patron zone and that's got wallpapers, it's got avatars, it's got all kinds of other really cool stuff that's been created specifically for the patron zone. Some of the shows, uh, we also try to get in uh, 
early access to uh, some of the shows, like maybe a day or two in advance. That hasn't been able to happen a lot because uh, we're on really tight schedules with some of the shows. But whenever we can, we try to slip that into. And also we have if you donate at a certain high enough level, you can actually have access to the patrons roundtable, and you can be on your own podcast and Mike let everybody know about their patrons roundtable because I know you've actually been there. That's where you actually was on very, one of the very first ones. Yeah. In fact, uh, all, th- all three of us Floyd have uh, participated in patrons roundtables. Uh, you and I prior to becoming hosts here on the network. So at a donation level of $15 or more, you can have an opportunity to participate in one of the patron roundtables that are currently being done twice a month. It's a great opportunity for you to get on mic and share your thoughts about uh, current uh, Star Trek projects. Uh, we've we've discussed nostalgia. You know the the Star Trek that uh, inspires the most nostalgia for us. We've talked about Star Trek tech. It's it's a just a great opportunity to get on mic and and share your thoughts and your opinions. Talk to other uh, Star Trek fans, uh, fans of the network, listeners of the network, hosts of the network. Get together twice a month and have a great roundtable discussion. Really want to encourage our uh, our listeners who who can to give and and join in that opportunity. Those patrons roundtable discussions. And it's it's not too scary, folks. If you're thinking, oh, no, no, I don't want to be on a podcast. Trust me, you'll like it. And then when you get on there, you'll want to do it again. That's how we all got started here, just by being on the patrons roundtable. And we've even had people, you don't even have to have like a mic or a setup. Like we've had uh, patrons that actually use their iPads to go on the patrons roundtable. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very easy. It's fun. No holds barred. Everything is talked about on this show. Like I think the up, the next subjects that they're going to be talking about are the new creative teams that are being added uh, to the Trek 2017 series. So that's something to talk about right there. We got some new Trek coming. Another way that you can show your Trek FM fandom is you can go to redbubble.com and you can find t-shirts. You can find cell phone cases and all you have to do is just go to redbubble.com type Trek FM into the search field and I'd like to give maybe one of those away for our uh, a lucky listener during our Warp 5 review contest that we've got going on. Also, I'd like to thank Mike Morrison. Usually Mike's not on here, but here he is. So thank you, Mike, for being a co-associate producer of the show through Patreon.com. My pleasure. Also, I'd like to thank Christopher Jones, our Warp 5 editor-producer. If we don't have an editor and a producer like Christopher, it would be very difficult to get shows out like this. It takes a lot of time and effort to edit shows, do the audio edit, and produce the shows. So thank you so much, Christopher, for your help. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trekfm slash contact and look on the sidebar of the show page or go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at TrekFM, at Facebook.com slash TrekFM, and you can also find us in the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, or go to our website at TrekFM and click Discussion on the menu bar. So, Mike, if our listeners would like to talk some philosophy in Star Trek, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, first of all, uh, thank you once again, Floyd, for having me on. It's my pleasure to uh, support Trek FM, and I'm proud to be a a co-associate producer here on uh, Warp 5. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm also a co-host of Metatrex, Trek FM's 
Star Trek and Philosophy podcast, along with the ever-philosophical Zachary Fruling, my esteemed co-host. I'm also uh, on Facebook. That's where I'm usually most active, certainly in the Babel Conference. On Twitter, my Twitter handle is at cmichael1701, and you can find me now on Instagram, cmichael1701. Very good. And Jeff, if our listeners would like to ask you how every Star Trek episode, book, and movie are connected, how can they reach you? Well, if you don't have access to an Atavacron or uh, any friends that are time travelers, like a, a certain individual whose name rhymes with Daniels, uh, <laughs> you can always find me on the Babel Conference on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Twitter, at Harlander, and I'm a supporter of the network through Patreon. I'm also not just a co-host here on Warp 5, but also a co-host on Standard Orbit. And you can check out my website. It's been called The Grand Unified Theory of Star Trek, and that's at trekopedia.com. Very good. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can always find me on the Babel Conference, the Trek FM Facebook listeners page. So, all right, gentlemen, uh, enough sitting on the ceiling. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to work my way down here to the hatch. Maybe go see if Flox has got something for the splitting headache that I've got. I'm not sure how you guys are so tough about this, but Jeff, let's go ahead and get out of here. Well, thank you everyone for listening and join us again next time here in the sweet spot for another episode of Warp 5. Warp 5.